I've posted a thousand videos on YouTube, and by now I should have a video with six digit views, just off of luck, and I don't. It's crazy to me at this point that it's not the case, but like, it's just proof that even if, even the algorithm has something against you as a person, you can still be successful on a platform even if the thing is out to get you. My name is Dimitri and I'm a productivity and systems enthusiast. I'm Chance, I'm a philosophy and self-development enthusiast. And you're listening to the Rise Productive Podcast. The show where productivity meets business. And what it means to build better systems. Enjoy the show. If you're listening to this, you are not on our private subscriber feed and you will only be hearing a portion of this episode. If you'd like to listen to the full length episode, you'll need to go to riseproductive.com membership or sign up on your favorite podcasting app for exclusive access. From there, you'll also get access to our exclusive newsletter, the weekly pour over, our private members only Discord community, and any other subscriber only content. So if you enjoy what we are doing here, please consider becoming a member. Another day, another year. That's what they say. <laughs> that is what they're always saying. Another day, another year. Another 365 days, another year. Yeah. It, it came quick, man, huh? It came quick. Um, but uh, that, that's not a bad thing. That means that um, we had lots of fun. Yeah, more fun than the Chiefs had on Sunday. Oh, but less fun than the Bengals had on Sunday. Who day? You guys can't see it, but Demetrius giving me the finger because that's who's the third they time gonna beat them Bengals. Who day? Who day? Who can say don't beat them Bengals? Jamar Chase is pompous. Yeah, and uh, the Chiefs are zero three against the Bengals. Uh, yeah, the Cincinnati Bengals still have no Super Bowls. Hey, so right. far, so far, so far, so far. Don't call it a comeback. Don't call what? it a comeback. What? How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty well. I just um got through with my first uh, law school final. Thank you. Thank you, Snaps. Um, hey, thank you. Hey, hey, let's go, Chance. Hey, it was an experience. It was like three and a half hours, which is like as long as the ACT. So What the? I was thinking about the same thing the entire time, so it was interesting, um, but I got two more in front of me, so... Um, Holy It'll be sh- nice when it's over. Did, like, was that the full length that you were given? Yeah, so I spent about like three hours... Um, doing the exam, which went by really fast, like just working through mm. problems the entire time, essays and multiple choice and all that. And then I spent, the, it was entirely open book for this one, which is not typical, but since we had any resources we needed besides like our laptop, any hard copy resources you brought were fair game. And so last 30 minutes, I just like started reading my textbook to make sure my multiple choice were correct. Like I was just like looking at the index. I was like, where's the, this little concept we talked about that's being tested here. I'd like sit there and be like, yeah, you know what? Now's a good time to read the book on the day of the final. <laughs> so um, I'd sit there and kind of check a couple of things that felt potentially wrong. A couple ended up getting switched, yeah. but um, yeah, the next two, I won't have any kind of safety blanket like that. So it'll be um, a little more hardcore, but um, yeah, Friday and then the following Wednesday. So they space it out nicely, which is nice because the first one was on a Monday. Um mm. And then, like I said, after that, I got like a month um, looking forward to pleasure reading and just um, getting into all the little things that I always enjoy doing, but like kind of doing them on a bigger scale. More pleasure reading, more meditating, more sleeping, a lot more sleeping. That'll be nice. Well, it's just kind of crazy. I mean, you're already 
halfway through the first semester. It just doesn't feel real, you know? I agree. Yeah, it's weird that I'm one of six semesters down here. And um, I know they're gonna, just going to keep moving faster and faster. But um, yeah, just trying to trying to stay present and enjoy the moment. But um, how are you doing, Dimitri? Speaking of um, things flying by. You said doing. Um, <laughs> doing. No, I, I'm good. Uh, Saturday, Friday, I did this 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 thing with my fam, which was very fun. We do this thing every year where I hang out with my cousin. He's like eight or nine now. Eight, no, seven. He's only seven. Sorry. And we do this uh, gingerbread house thing. It was actually very. You have your phone on you, right? I do. You look at the kind of guy. You look. You look the type. You look the type to have the phone on you. You look the type to have the phone. Um, look at this little cute kid. My uh, time spent with him uh, making this. This gingerbread house is a low key fire. It, it. I actually have to say, over the years, I've done this every year for like fifteen years. I feel like at this point, since I've been yeah, doing this it with is my nice. Aunt. I know, <laughs> like it's actually good. Like we looked at it this year and went, practice makes good, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's nothing that makes like a, you know, Instagram baking reel, but like, I know I couldn't do this. It was very cute. My brother and my cousin and I have been doing it for the last five years and my brother and I have been doing it together for like 15. So it was very on and off for like 15, but it was very, it was very fun. Um, So I did that. And then on Saturday, hung out with the boys, as you know. Actually, my old roommates from junior from senior year, which is funny to think about, and then Sunday. What did I do Sunday? Oh, I built this dang website, and then had a little like condo Christmas party. It was interesting. I'm definitely the youngest person in this building. Like, yeah, by far. In the Christmas condo party was such funny timing because we were texting about the Chiefs Bengals game <laughs> and right near the end of the game was I guess the time that you had gone to this party and yes. we hadn't texted for a minute as things started to swing in the Bengals favor and I just texted Dimitri GG at the end of the game and it had been a couple hours before you replied and I was like oh I wasn't mad no. I was like <laughs> I said something to one of my roommates I was like dude Meech went dark I, I said the same thing that uh <laughs> I said the same thing in the comment for the the craft um video drop. I was like, Meech going real quiet since the Bengals won. That's awesome. No, I literally was just trying to be present at the party. It was at five. And the game was at three to six thirty or six twenty ish. And it was just like really poor timing. No, it, it was funny though. It was comical. <laughs> um <laughs> You yeah. thought I was pissed. I was actually wondering, because you know me, I'm a pretty quick texter. So, <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, he's going real quiet. I feel <laughs> like this dude's pissed. Yeah. So that was funny. Uh, um, but yeah, I'm yeah. glad you got out to the Christmas condo party. That's that's fun. Yeah, that was it's a good time. Be- I'm definitely, like I said, definitely the youngest person to the group, but it was kind of fun to be around uh, just neighbors and whatnot and get a vibe for the place. Uh, dude, I don't know about you. Uh, you don't eat meat, but um, there's bacon wrap dates and they were kind of gas. But dates in general are delicious. You need to try those more. If you if you don't take advantage of those now, you're wasting your life. So, 
dates are something that I've been meaning to eat more of. And um, bacon wrapped dates does not sound like a um, a combination that would work. But you know, I didn't believe in chocolate covered grapes for a long time either. But those are those are heat. That's a thing. That is a thing, and they are their heat. We have to talk about that at some point. Okay, well, I'm, I'm making some or getting some. All right, all right. Now let's let's talk about other good things from the past year. Okay, um, I got a quote for you that I'm going to read off the top of my head, and it's called "Don't be a bit." I mean, um. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! Did you almost swear on the Rise Productive Podcast? Um. I feel like a funny Jocko Willink quote would be great here. It's like a really, really intense Jocko Willink quote. I've got one quote. There you go. From a, you know, Soren Kierkegaard. Oh, I'm familiar with Soren Kierkegaard. He says, life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. Whoa. That hit me right in the brain. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, good, almost uh, as hard as my Spotify rap hit me. Yeah, that was tough to see when Machine Gun Kelly's your top artist. All right, here's the thing. I got Apple Music for a six-month free trial because of my AirPod Pros, so I will be using that as my actual main music on my phone and on my computer now so I can have it figured out what my actual like most listened-to artist is because that was very skewed. I ironically listened to the new album with my previous boss while screen sharing at work. It was hilarious. We did it like every Tuesday and we did it like nearly the whole day. That definitely skews my numbers because I'm not on Spotify when I'm not on my computer. It's okay if you like Machine Gun Kelly. No, it's it's not okay to like the new album. (laughs) It's not okay to like the good album, the new album. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) I will say I've spent like a a limited amount of time on um, Twitter recently of just kind of like I don't know when I'm just like, I just need to reset, but there's nothing much else I can do. Cause I'm like taking the shuttle back. I guess I could be reading a book, but I can't be bothered reading at some point. But True. I, anyway, I was on Twitter and somebody was saying like, so is Machine Gun Kelly's album going to be album of the year? And all the comments were like, yo, what is this tweet right now? <laughs> like everyone's like, what are you saying? Like I'm a Machine Gun <laughs> Kelly fan and no. I mean like tickets to my downfall was a very welcome addition to the punk rock space and i'm like okay this fits mgk and then uh mainstream sellout came out and i was like all right when the two main songs are literally titled a like a y exclamation point and emo girl and it's willow smith on the feature you know it's not gonna be a good day so i was like all right this hey, is gonna be funny willow but- smith is also doing great things for the the punk rock space but um machine gun kelly still Still not it for me, personally, yeah. as somebody Anyways. who, um, yeah, used to be a big fan. But damn shame. But um, yeah, let's get reflecting on um, our 2022. We're gonna talk about what did we learn, what did we read together, and also maybe separate. Talk about that a little bit. What did we create? Some life changes, and um, how we would rate the year. I think this is gonna be a good conversation. It is about like. I think something I've reflected on recently, just kind of hopping in here, is that the, the Rice Productive Podcast is a great reflection slash like podcast blogging of what we're doing as a business, how we're growing as people, and how we're growing as a business. 
and someone who is trying to follow along this journey or is any step in their journey behind or ahead of us. I think it's cool to listen to us and learn where we're at and the way we're doing it. And so having this kind of meta reflection, I think is an interesting way to kind of think about maybe some books that you should be reading, some ideas that maybe you should be thinking about, some forms of content that maybe you aren't putting out there, but should be. So I think this is going to be a fruitful conversation for the listeners. I totally agree. It's kind of crazy how much has happened in this past year. I actually, as much as the year is like flown by as, as it does when you're, when you're doing a lot and when you're enjoying it, I believe it goes pretty quick. Uh, I do also think that every, how do I, I don't even know how to say this. Like it feels like it's gone by quickly, but also at the same time, there's so much within each month, like thinking to the fact that think like a month, a monk was something I read this year. Seems like it was 3000 miles away in my head. I definitely agree with that one because I mean, I think when you're a student or if you work in some kind of job that changes season by season, um, your life kind of gets remembered in these compartmentalized seasons. And the life I was leading when I was reading Think Like a Monk was I was in two undergrad classes that were quite simple. I was (laughs) in track season and yeah, life just felt so different. Not much has really changed. I didn't move. I'm still in a lot of the same relationships same partner and i'm still on the same team doing a lot of the same things but i'm like man that felt like a long time ago i just feel like i've grown so much since then yeah it was it was a good it was a good book it was like one of the better ones from just like a feel-good standpoint i think jay's a great author great person from what i can tell and that was that was sort of still in the beginning phases of book reviews it's like there's been so many books that we've read together at this point that I don't know. It feels like we're in the flow of it now, whereas this was still in that beginning phase. Like I remember telling you the other week that Atomic Habits, we read that like a year ago. Yeah, yeah. We hit ago. the year anniversary not too long ago. And I was like, really? I mean, I guess that would probably would have been October by now. So it's probably been 14 months, but that's even Deep crazy to like think about. Deep Work's like a year ago. Yeah, Deep Work, yep. Yeah, it's um, it's cool that we're building like this kind of um, this joint library. Because I think when we get into these brainstorming sessions or even just on the podcast and we have a whole vocabulary of concepts kind of in our arsenal that we both understand, we can toss something out there and be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like I know what you're saying. Yeah, that's very true. I think a lot of people, I mean, as Alex Ramosi puts it, a problem that a lot of people have is they don't define things before they have conversations about topics. Like there's no definition of the word productivity before the term productivity is thrown around in a conversation yeah it's absolutely true and so um i think this is one like action item thinking about right now is i don't think there's enough business teams and maybe i'm wrong i don't know how you see this but i'm curious if you think that there's a lot of teams out there who are reading things collectively or actively like thinking Hmm. about how they can better their game like are there coaching staffs or that like the ce you know ceo ce cfo and COO, are they meeting up together and they're like, okay, what book should we read to like think about how we can evolve as a business? Or do you think they continue to just do the thing instead of growing together? Because obviously there's a form of reflection that has to be individual, but I think having a team reflection is also very powerful and this podcast being a testament to that. Yeah, no, there probably isn't. 
A short and sweet answer is no. There, quote, isn't enough time for them to do that because they have other things to worry about, which is honestly horse, you know what? Yeah, meeting uh, the quarterly deadlines. Yeah, I mean, the quarterly. No, I, I don't believe that's the thing. That's that's a good point, though. I, th- I think it's good to have a core C-suite team on the same level, though, from a, from a growth standpoint. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's a good point. Yeah, this is something uh, I think... I'll try to integrate as um, we continue to move along. I think I'm going to make sure that always stays in our arsenal is like reading things together and trying to grow together in those types of ways. Um, But yeah, I don't think that's something that people think about enough and maybe more people should be. But yeah, I agree with your answer. I think most people are like, yeah, you know, that doesn't move the needle. That's, it's just soft. It's, I think it's what Simon Sinek would, um, would say the cynics would K with, you know, the cynics of business would say that's soft. Yeah. Simon Sinek would say the cynics. Yeah, that's a that's a tough that's a tough sense to get out. But um yeah, I think like a monk was great. Um what was the next book we did here? Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. Pretty good one. I think it helped my sleep a bit. I have gotten more sleep this year than last year. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And I think I remember you were kinda in that phase where you're like, Yeah, you know, like my head hurts when I wake up, but that's okay. <laughs> And now you read this book and I think they were, <laughs> I think, I mean, maybe not initially, but over time, I think there's been a lot more clarity of thought. I think energy levels have been higher at times. I think you've had some, a, a lot of breakthrough ideas this past year and maybe it's this yeah. momentum moving forward. But I think that there's some sliver of the pie of causation here that is more adequate sleep. Uh, sorry, I actually hit my, uh wrist on my uh mic and it made of like really funny bone shock as i was laughing so the irony was i hit i don't know if you know this but you have like nerve endings in this like spot in your wrist that are actually similar to the funny bone um mm-hmm. so i did that at the same time as actually unironically laughing and uh yeah that's why i kept laughing like that uh yeah no i um i definitely think sleep helped with it that marginal thing of letting myself sleep to five instead of 4 30 or 4 15 on days where i went to bed at 10 big uh throughout the year i think it helped my health uh the singe happy to say i haven't had the singe in a while uh, i think you you definitely in this book opened my eyes to the unhealthiness that is me saying out loud yeah i got the singe in my head when i wake up and I like you, know, you just gotta like push through it for the first 30 minutes then it goes away <laughs> It's awful. And I'll I'll tell you this. Um for me, I think this book has been really good as of late because there's been temptation for me to get up earlier and just like do more studying just because I'm like, okay, I, there's a lot of things I want to get done when I wake up and I like I could cut out sleep. And throughout the semester, I have made sleep a high priority. There are people who come up to me and they're like, It's crazy you do athletics and law school. Like, how do you have time for all that? Where is your energy coming from? And I'm like, I just think I'm not willing to compromise on sleep. And I'm so focused on training that like any other time that I'm not doing one of those two things, I have to be studying, or at least for the most part, I'm pretty strict on it, but I really haven't given up on sleep. And there's only been one time this semester, I remember it was just about a week and a half ago that I woke up with a singe because I just Mm. had a bad night of sleep. But other than that, I mean, I've had really consistent sleep. I had something I learned from this book is like, I just consistently give myself that eight hour, eight and a half hour sleep opportunity window and I mean it's it's been golden for me like waking up at six is not something I thought I would accomplish 
consistently this year, but it, it is. I mean, that's awesome, man. I, I know what it's like. I, I think even reflecting on it more, this is the first year I've had where I haven't been chronically sleep deprived um, in a long time. I think I've been chronically sleep deprived since I was a child. Uh, I feel like I'm getting emotional right now. No, uh, I have like inadvertently sleep deprived myself since I was um, probably 10 or 11. Um, after reading that book, it did spook me out a little bit. Um, for a lot of the different health reasons. I think there was a time during high school where I really was getting enough sleep and and whatnot. But then a lot of college men, it was just not good. So now that I'm in a better place with that, I feel like I'm I'm doing better. I feel like a lot of people should be more mindful with their sleep as I like to put it pretty often to those. As an adult, while I may not have that pressure from a spouse or anything like that right now i feel like i have a decent amount on my plate and if i can live on my own keep a clean house run a business have a full-time job and by the way just just for reference i haven't eaten out in the month and a half i've sent lived here outside of my friends coming over and making me eat out so if I can do all those things and get good sleep, your excuse is literally because you don't feel like not watching that last episode of that series on Netflix. Because I'm also that person too. So let's just be real. Just don't watch that last episode of Manifest where your favorite character gets killed off. Wait till the next night so you can be sad the next day. <laughs> hey, cheers to you for not, eat, um, not eating out for a month and a half. That's it's a massive feat that I think a lot of people think is just like, a natural part of existence. It's like, yeah, you're going to eat out once a week, you know, like just, just budget it in. Why? Exactly. And just fun. I'm asking that fundamental question on its face. It just <laughs> makes some of those things look so absurd. Like, here's my thing about this hot take, but just, uh, for me, I don't even buy pre-made milk, right? The majority of my food in the beginning of the day has a base of hemp milk to it, whether that be oatmeal or protein shake with it, like protein shake fruit, mm-hmm. and then oat oatmeal with hemp milk as the root of it. And I'm like, honestly, just prepping the fact that I do the oat milk, or sorry, the, the, the hemp milk gets me through the majority of what I need for two thirds of the meals for the day. So it's like, all right, if I can't make food for that one meal because i don't make warm food because i don't count oatmeal as you're not cooking oatmeal right you're just kind of like warm you know what i mean i'm not making hot food in the morning or the yeah afternoon. i hear what you're saying it's just dinner so it's like if you can't get yourself to make seven hot meals a week not that you have to it's just a point of like you don't it's really not that hard to get to dinner i agree and especially if you meal prep i mean you can half that number you can make it three you don't have exactly. to cook every night. It's just make something that lasts you three nights and do cold, you know, smoothies and packed lunches. Boom. Facts. But anyway, before we digress too far, um, we do have yeah. seven more books to get through. And I think we should just touch on them <laughs> a little more briefly so we can get into some of the, um, what did yes. we create and such. But uh, psychology of money, big thing for me was that I just like, I don't judge when it comes to people's money decisions. Like, I know that we sit here and we're kind of like, yeah, that's stupid. Why do people do that? <laughs> but it's also like they have their own systems of reasons. And this hits me a lot more when I'm out and about. 
Like when I see people doing things, especially people who I am acquainted with or even good friends with, and I see them make these financial decisions, it helps me rationalize instead of just critique immediately. Understand rather than judge, I guess is what I'm trying to say. That taught me something too. Yeah, it definitely taught me that. I grew up in a very financially literate house, so I, I needed this book. Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday. That was pretty solid. I um, Yeah. I enjoyed the stories. I don't think it's Ryan Holiday's best book. It's the only book I've read by him, but I just, I know he's better. Um, <laughs> but it, it was still huh. good. It was an important key. And I think it was, I was jiving with it really hard because this was when I was still, I still am, but I was like diving head first into all these um, meditation books. And this mm. kind of was on the, this was a meditation adjacent book. Okay. Yeah. It's really good. Uh, that he makes all this content however you know as probably is a problem with me for a lot of people who consume our content we make so much that if you come out with like a a book it's expected to be exceptionally better since you already make a lot of good stuff and since he makes daily good podcasts it's like all right man if since this was like a a normal level podcast i'm not blown away by the fact that i had to listen to this for six hours yeah i agree i agree with that it was, yeah, it was kind of, a, I don't know, it, it kind of fell into the trap of the, the, um, the one idea, um, yeah. self-help book and the stories were nice, but yeah, it, it got dragged out. Uh, Caffeine by Michael Pollan was a good one. We read that together when I was living with the boys downtown, uh, which once again, feels like a year ago. Um, Something actually really random I learned today or a couple days ago from a, another guy, Steve Huberman. You know who Huberman is? Huberman. No, I don't know. Andrew think so. Huberman? Andrew Huberman? I do not believe so. Okay. And is that his name? Andrew Huberman? Or Min? Yes. Andrew Huberman is a American neuroscientist and saw a little short clip where he mentioned something and it worked. Um, for me at least, and I, I just thought about it now, but if you wait 90 minutes until after you wake up to have caffeine, that 3 PM lull that you have won't happen because you're letting the, uh, as we learned in why we sleep, you're letting the, what's the name of the chemical that tells you that you're sleepy? Um, melatonin. Nah, it's the, what, what chemical does caffeine block it's like a aha uh-huh. it adenosine so oh, yeah yeah so it like basically that initial like i'm tired when you like block that with caffeine it'll like come back and hit you in the mouth at three if you do it right away but if you let it run its course then you won't have that lull at three mm. so did that today and it's 90 or, minutes you said around 90 minutes yeah wait an hour to 90 minutes i did like 80 and it worked kind of crazy well, um that's, that's that's good to know the only thing i'll yeah. say about caffeine is that sometimes i fall into the trap of a little too much coffee with law school and i'm like you know what no stereotypes right they're trying to make me a cog in the machine is what i've learned and um i won't let it happen stop being a clown bro <laughs> all right Four thousand um, weeks by oliver berkman i remember this one quite vividly i remember i was it was summer i was in louisville for part of 
my reading or listening experience of um, 4,000 Weeks because I was sitting in a, a CVS pharmacy line for my grandparents for an hour and I listened to an hour of this book. That is not an exaggeration. I was there for an hour. Jesus Christ. And this, this whole book is like, yeah, life is short and you should be, um, you know, really <laughs> doing the CVS. things you want to hear. I was like, oh my God, I'm in line at CVS for uh, so long. I okay. was, oh. Yeah, because I finished this while uh, you were on that trip because I remember finishing the book as I was driving back from home because my dad is a yearly golf outing. It was on the first day after I moved in with the guys and then you came back right after that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good book. I mean, it... Um, yeah, it's solid. Yeah, it was good to think about like things existentially, the finality of life and um, just think about the the places we really do waste our time. So that was cool. It also made me realize that there is no end game where you get to do all the things that you want to do, you know, uh, and that there's no all encompassing motivational or productivity hack. You just got to like understand that this is how many weeks you have to live probably and make the most of it based on how you feel that you should spend your time. Yeah. It was really, um, emphasizing task minimization. I forgot about that. This was a big, like anti traditional self-help slash productivity book. He called me out the entire book. So like me talking nice about it is kind of hard because it was just a hit piece on me. It's really crazy to me that Rise Productive is almost at its three-year anniversary. Over the years, we've shared with you so much free content on how to improve your efficiencies, operations, and intentionality across multiple content platforms. Between the podcast, newsletter, and YouTube channel, we try to give you as much free value as possible. All that we ask in return for all this free knowledge sharing is that you give us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform so that more entrepreneurs and those seeking more efficiency in their lives can find our content. These podcast reviews increase our rankings and help us reach more people who just like you just want to get more efficient. Thanks in advance. And now let's get back to the show. <laughs> it was a hit piece. You came for your neck. My neck. Goodbye things by... I don't know how to say it. I always mess it up. For me, are you okay? You keep hitting your I hand. just whacked the shnikey out of my hand. What the... F- oh, Fumio Sasaki. It was a yeah, great this book. Was, this was a good book. This was the first minimalism piece of content that actually got me into like getting rid of some stuff. And I still ebb and flow with minimalism, but I got rid of some stuff after this book. And I actually reflect on this book more often than with any other piece of minimalism. It genuinely got me excited about getting rid of things and gave me legit arguments, which were like, why do you need all this stuff? You can just go out and host your friends at a restaurant. Wouldn't that be more fun? Or yeah, just he had some very creative ways of getting about it rather than just like the the stuff you hear from the minimalist which is like oh you just feel so much better when you get rid of your stuff and i'm like yeah but why like give me a solution and this guy a lot of concrete solutions would recommend if someone's trying to jump into minimalism yeah like there's a public space in my condo building and i'm definitely going to use that to host people for football hopefully there's less hard objects down there so i don't whack my hand um it's really it's really good that that happened for you. I'm a huge minimalist as, as everyone knows. And I fall in and out of finding content that is relevant for me because I came to the realization that I didn't want things and I kind of got rid of a lot of my things and I've been pretty much good since, 
But even this, you saw that haul I had. I got rid of a bunch of crap after reading this book. So it worked. Yeah, fantastic book. 100 million offers, 100 million dollar offers by Alex Hormozy. This um this has become the product of multiple episodes of the Respected Podcast since we made the the transition from the uh the self-help to the business podcast on um October 1st was when we first made that transition. Oh my god. Yeah, I forgot that was even a thing. And so yeah, this is a good book. Um it kind of good. I mean, I don't know. Alex Hermosi has so many good Hermosiisms and um so many Hormosiisms. And it's just a lot of good business, but also just kind of like life content. Like I was listening, yeah. I was I was watching one of his videos the other day and he was like you know, I actually think that people who do sports do not work hard because they genuinely enjoy doing it. And it is genetically a lot easier for them to do that hard, quote unquote, hard thing because it's like easy to them genetically. Like people who aren't genetically good at running probably think it means working hard. But if you love running and you're good at running, then it's actually not that hard for you. And I was like, okay, yeah, like that's humble. That, that That's definitely making me feel a little more humble about my situation. But he's yeah. That's just a, that's just a side note. He has lots of no, of course, business takes, and the book um was full of them. Like I said, we talked about it multiple times on the podcast. We talked about it with um finding your um your ideal avatar for your business. I think he uh is one of the most philosophical men in business. If you get him going about a subject that is life based, it's impressive how easily he's able to articulate himself. It it really. His sales prowess really comes through in every single video he makes. So all his stuff's awesome. And then finally, we had The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek, which anyone who has been following the podcast closely will be um, quite familiar with. We just did a review on that a week or two ago, maybe last week. Last week. So good. So good. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Best book of the year. Yeah, it was the best highest score of a book for the year. It was just... Banger after banger um, kind of reminded me of um, Atomic Habits in the sense where there was just like this philosophical whole bunch of concepts going on, but all kind of baked into one with different stories for each of the concepts he was trying to mention. It was cool. I really think Simon is a very pleasant individual. And if you ever have the time, listen to his podcast, the A Bit, a of, bit optimism. of Optimism Pop- yeah, podcast. Very good. Very good. Listen to a couple episodes today while I was working. Very pleasant episode today about more holistic health, talking about the microbiome a bit, um, extending life in a in a way that isn't like you ever think about how old people are just like decrepit now. How old people are just decrepit? You ever met an old person who's like within five years of dying that isn't miserable? Oh, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, lately they just kind of drag up those last few years because they're in such poor health. I don't think we do enough to to have a healthy life towards the end. I think something got pointed out in this podcast, and then we'll move on to the next thing. But it was like, so is our life expectancy really that much better if you think about it like this? Okay. Child morbidity was uh, really bad before. Okay. So we had a bunch of kids dying. We had some people living to 80. 
with a lot of kids dying, boom, average age is 40. With fixed child morbidity, people still live to 80. It's not modern medicine from like the way that we try to articulate it, right? Because all of our founding fathers lived to their mid 80s. I was like, shoot, that's true. Wow, when you listen to that, that's that's going to make me a little depressed. But I think it's true. I think that, I mean, I also think the modern medicine can drag you a lot further, but you don't have to put in the same amount of work as you did before. And so and as think, a result of that- I think you end up living worse. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like you you put in the health and fitness work to live to probably be like 65, but modern medicine dragged you along to 80. And so those left fi- last 15 years, you're alive, but effectively not all that alive. You're not enjoying yourself the same way as a normal person who just like, like our founding fathers who like made it to 80 back in the 18th century. And so, yeah, I think being cognizant, I mean, that's why I'm actually really glad that we've done books on these kinds of like health concepts and also done challenges like yoga. I think yoga is something that I want to do when I move away from running because I think being flexible is just something that's a valuable life skill because you get more rigid when you get older. You got parents who like can't bend down to grab their, their shoes anymore. You know, they like make these, these noises every time their back aches. And it's like, you know, I just want to be flexible for a long time. I think that that is such a, a thing to be valued. And, um, so I'm grateful that we do books on health. For sure. And then I read a couple books this year. Compound effect by Darren Hardy was a pretty rah, rah. Do the work every single day. It will add up like putting money away in the stock market. And then uh, Discipline is Destiny. I don't know why I did that. Discipline is Destiny by Ryan Holiday was a great one. Uh, this is his newest release. Better Than Stillness is the key. Worse Than Courage is Calling, which came out last year. Influence by Robert Cialdini. It's another sales book. Very solid. Recommend it for anybody who is new into persuasion and sales. You know, when you started writing all these books down, I just started writing every book I read last year that wasn't us reviewing it together. Oh, wait. Um, I read Aragon and Harry Potter. Yo, I, I'm not going to I'm not gonna list all I'm these because it's just silly. But um, two that I want to drive home from my end, The Miracle of Mindfulness by Thich Nhat Hanh. He actually passed mm. this past... He, I think he passed in 2022. Um, really good um, Vietnamese Buddhist monk. And um, really good introductory piece into mindfulness and meditation. Um, it's definitely I, part of the reason that I had less minutes clocked on my Apple Replay this year for Apple Music is that I just spent a lot of time in silence. I spent more mm. time in silence this year and just so kind of with my thoughts, which was great for content generation as well as just a peace of mind. And uh, I would definitely recommend it for anybody who's trying to get into the mindset, both for business and individual. And the other one is uh, Homo Deus by uh, Luval Noah Harari, which is the sequel to Homo Sapiens. Um, it's a not really, I mean, it's just a, I just think it's an incredibly interesting read. I think he's a, a super intelligent guy. And if you're interested in like world politics, it's pretty interesting stuff. And also just the cutting edge technology that is people trying to live forever and other future problems we're trying to solve. This guy, wait, wrote Sapiens? Yeah, the book, oh, excuse me. The, I called okay, it Homo Sapiens. Homo, it's I was just, just checking there was two books. Okay. Because I know that book, yeah. Okay. I, I so read yeah, the, the third title and uh, I was like, did Kanye write that? <laughs> Sorry, or France Fanon? Yeah. Whoops. 
Yeah, that's um, uh, yeah. So yeah, those yeah. are the books we read this year. Um, I feel like we learned a lot, but um, <laughs> what did we learn? More generally, I think one thing that we learned this year is um, that we have to constantly evolve. I was thinking about this when it came to just something like the podcast is we reflected multiple times on what we wanted this to be. And this almost transitions mm. into the, what did we create? But I kind of think of, I think of like three things that we did this year that were like, yeah, we got to move and change like this at the start of the year, just about a year ago this time it was over winter break. And we said, yeah. we got to be doing the short form content for the podcast as well as the long episodes taking influence from the daily stoic but we were like yeah let's do the productive brew and eventually we said let's do the weekly pour over and i think it's it's helped a lot it's just made good little lessons i think it's nice to hear what you have to say i mean i listened to every every one of them and so like it's a good way to sync up in between each other but also just put out another piece of content gets a few lessons um what was the other two things i was thinking here the second one was um the way that our content thought process throughout this year for the podcast has changed. Like there was a point earlier in 2022, which feels weird that it was in 2022, but we said, yeah, what are the four pillars of rice productive? And we said, uh? health and fit fitness. We have mindset, we have productivity and we have personal finance. And we started building our content calendar around those four ideas and trying to rotate. We said, okay, this is a creative way to do things until we said 10 months later or so <laughs> that we need to start doing the business thing. And then we transitioned to the business thing. And now we're about eight to 10 episodes deep in that. It took a little dip in the views or listens. And now it's climbing back up. And we're seeing um, a growth in our, in our listens again. I think the audience enjoyed it, have enjoyed the transition. And yep. um, yeah, I think those were my initial thoughts about how we must constantly evolve. But I think, that, yeah, that, I guess that's what I've learned is we must constantly evolve and constantly be thinking about what's the next move. Because I think to not move forward and just be stagnant leaves you like one of those smelly ponds that some group of beavers has dammed up and now it's just filled with algae and it's kind of gross. That is kind of gross. No, I think we've done a lot from a from a going with the flow standpoint and changing what we've been doing. And not because we're like jumping ship. You know, we, we've kept the same content calendar. We've kept the same morals and values. We've just kind of like tweaked, tweaked some things. And the consistency is showing our average audience is going up uh, from like a, we keep getting more unique visitors every week. Um, like our audience size keeps going up, uh, which is interesting. I think we'll end up having, here's my take on it. We've been making content together since April 2021, and I've been recording this podcast individually since April 2020. I wouldn't be surprised if this thing went, like just exploded next year or the year after this, um, at least minor. Like I wouldn't be surprised if it had a pretty large jump. Uh, I'm going to start working with my assistant, which is very weird to say out loud. Um, to get myself, you, and both of us booked on other podcasts and together booked uh, podcasts on here with scheduling links. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. I think something else that we learned collectively and individually for myself 
is uh what's that old uh u2 song sometimes you can make it on your own yeah, like just <laughs> you need help like i you and i uh need help team wise so like i definitely needed a lot of help i can't do this by myself i needed i needed a an editor and god provided me one if you believe in jesus uh you know jesus believed in me or something and i believed in him and he's like hey let's have this dude dm you if that's how you think that works um which i might it's still up in the air on that but no it was it was really cool to just have an editor reach out <laughs> um or you can say christos if you're greek like me but no it was really cool to have a have an editor reach out and he does great work always thankful for him uh I honestly don't know how I made it this long, right? Like I was drowning for a while in work to the, to a, to a point that was wrong for me and my health. And, uh, I learned that it's okay to ask for help. Um, and it's okay to short term, decrease extra cash flow for my own well-being and for future gains. Yeah, I remember this was um I remember I mean there's a couple of breaking points I think, but one of them was actually kind of aligned with um one of the earlier ones was aligned with 4000 weeks when we were reading that in the summer. And I was like, "Man, you need to be working on task minimization. Like you keep putting more and more <laughs> on your plate and you're getting to this place where you're working 80 hours a week and I'm like, "How how are you doing that?" And like, don't you think like this is eventually just going to be too much? And you're like, yeah, but I'm kind of built different. And I'm like, yeah, you are. But like, <laughs> but like at some point, at some point, and you're like, yeah, I know, I know. I need to get, I need to like offload. I need to offload. Like Tim, Tim Ferriss, we need to offload. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you do. And so, yeah, I'm glad that this realization was finally made because I think since it's happened, I think it first kind of started with the consulting thing where you were like, Okay, yeah, I'm I'm cool with bringing in like another like um, Notion built guy, and then you're like, yeah, video editor, and yeah, like a virtual assistant. It wasn't maybe then exact order, but it was all these things kind of happened and that you know crescendo, and I think it was a big moment because now you're kind of in a place where you have the the second YouTube channel, the clarity of your thoughts and the creative vision that is coming through in your videos i'm not just saying this as a friend i genuinely think there's like a clear difference there and um thank you i think that's something that reflects um and just the amount of work that's been done since it sounds like you were not a, a moving freight train before but like now we have the notion app system and the website and it's just like one really big banger after another it feels like that just keeps like the, the the offer just keeps getting upgraded and so i think that Realizing you need help like that um, is a big lesson. For me, it was a lesson too. I mean, there were points this year where I was like, I was down bad about running. I was like, what am I going to do with school next year? I remember I was like, do I go to Layla Law School next year? And I like called you yeah. on the phone. And I was like biking home and I was like, yeah. do I do this? And you're like, yeah, man, that's a, it's a, it's a viable option. I was like, okay, thank you for that. Because I talked about my wow, partner. Yeah, and I was dude, like, that I was this another, year. That was this year. When I was like, yeah, I'll apply. I'll I'll hit the submission. And um, it definitely changed things. So I'm glad that I had you and other people as kind of 
soundboards for that and mm-hmm. just other decisions. I, yeah, it always takes a village. And so if you're a young entrepreneur trying to do it by yourself or just a YouTuber doing it by themselves, think about getting help sooner than later. Because Dimitri's built different, but most people, I think they were just, you just would have burnt yourself out to where the, you got to a point where you just wouldn't want to do it anymore. Honestly, you know, there's, there are moments of weirdness where I think if I wasn't hashtag build different and I wasn't somebody who liked all this stuff on my plate at any moment, I could be like, crap, what if I just stopped right now? Wouldn't life be a lot easier? And I don't know if that's exactly how people get away from it. For me, I think people get burnt out because they're just like, it makes them like physically visceral, like physically sick (laughs) to think about doing the thing because they've done it so much and just been through the trenches. And I think that you did a really nice job of balancing it, like being receptive to a lot of the self-care and more of the soft, quote unquote, productivity books that we would read. We were kind of balancing stuff and using deep work to your advantage. You op- you operated with a lot of tools that helped you, but there's a breaking point for everybody, and I'm glad that you have a team around you. Yeah, those people and two very unwavering things. I got more sleep this year, one, and two. Two, I work, sorry, three. Two, I work out, slash, eat healthy, and three, I refuse to work after dinner don't think people fully understand what that does for them. After reading Deep Work last year, it actually really convinced me of not only the the tangible part of it of like, yes, you're not going to be working that deeply, but the break, man. I remember telling a, a, YouTube, a fellow YouTuber the other day, they're like, you got to be working a lot. I'm like, yes, I do. I work from like five to five, usually. But in the grand scheme of things, that means every night I'm doing nothing for like three hours. And I don't think, I mean, obviously we chat, you know, this doesn't count, but (laughs) yeah, it doesn't in my opinion. But like outside of the podcast, I relax every night and I don't think young entrepreneurs actually appreciate that for what it is. Cause like, you're not all Gary V. I'm sorry. Like, shut up. You're not Gary V. You can't work 16-hour days because I work like 70, 80 hours a week in two very brain-heavy jobs and do all these other things for my health. To be frank, like, I still weigh, weigh a buck 60 and have a six-pack. So, like, I'm keeping care of my health at the same time. You're not built like that. Not like me. I'm saying like Gary Vee where you can work 18-hour days. Nobody is. It, it's, it's a falsehood. It's fake. I know it might sound like a limiting belief, but it's fake. No, I agree. And I was actually trying to look for uh, this morning. I was listening to the the Daily Stoke and there's this quote about, I don't know which of the the Stoics said it, but it's something along the lines of when you wake up early, like you just created so much extra time for your day. And if you dedicate that towards doing the things you need to get done, like everything else is kind of extra was basically the, the quote here and yeah I mean like you're putting in a lot of hours but it's also like you're getting up early you're doing it from five to five and you refuse to give away your evening like that which is so key like you learn that we learned about that in deep work 
last year. But when you have a critical amount of time where you're on and then like you just 180 that situation and flip the switch where it's like, I'm off right now. And doing the right things for your body and for your mind that off time, it, it makes it quite sustainable. Like I'm, I'm in a situation the where market. I, it's about time in the market. <laughs> Beautiful, I love that. <laughs> what a transition. Um, but let's get into what did we what did we create? I think um, we kind of had some revolutionary moments this year for Rise Productive. Um, I want to hear what you have to say first, being the, the all powerful content creator, but, um, Stop. what are some of the, some, some of the big things that moved the needle this year and what should people who are listening to this podcast, young entrepreneurs, or maybe YouTubers who are trying to get into the game or people who are like just business people trying to think of like, what's the next step? Where, where does the, what are some things that people should be thinking about for their next content move? I know I went on my little tirade a second ago about a limiting belief that you can't work 16 to 18 hour days, but um, get away from the limiting belief that you can only make a limited number of content pieces a week. Um, I definitely, I definitely think a big thing for us was we upped the amount of content this year. And a big reason for it was a quote that I heard, which was something along the lines of quality beats quantity but quality quantity beats quantity every time. Like doing a lot of good stuff beats doing some good stuff. And the reason for that is I'm still early on in this. You're still early on in this. We just kind of need to do it until we get very good at it. I, I still don't think I've reached my peak of like video prowess, right? I don't think either of us have reached our oratory capabilities yet. And this year was a lot of like doing more not doing an insane amount that was completely unsustainable, but doing way more. Uh, the Productive Brew and Weekly Pour Over started this year, which was really cool. It was crazy that, you know, we said, hey, let's just, let's just add this on. And then a month or two later, I realized I wanted to make app videos. And then I said, all right, by April, I'm going to make daily content. Boom. And then it just kind of happened. Like it was, just, it was like a, Switch flipped, and the next thing I knew was making daily content. Um, fun for story about that. That schedule started when I got sick this year with the vid, ironically. Oh, the yeah. Timing. I forgot you were sick for that little stint there. Yeah. The time, it was so poor. Hey, but you wrote a lot of productive brews in that time. You got way ahead. I did. Um, I do. I definitely that. learned um, task batching is important for content for sure geez oh yeah absolutely yeah it, one thing that's so weird about the daily youtube uploads for you is that it's been so consistent that i'm someone who thinks about your youtube channel and like we talk once a week about this but if you told me that you started doing that in 2021 i would believe you because it just feels like what you do now and i think that's just a testament yeah. to the consistency it's like it feels like it has never not been this way, but for the majority of your YouTube career still, you didn't upload daily. Nope. It's just that a majority of your videos probably now are from this successive streak of uploading daily. Yeah. I think I have more 
daily in a row than I had not daily. Yeah, I think you're I mean, right. It, it couldn't be too hard to catch up. I mean, it's because what you're That's at 200 something so far. But yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Shoot. Wow, man. That's actually pretty crazy to think about. I hadn't thought about that like that. Yeah, because I didn't start this until somewhere in the. Wow, yeah, I started in the the high 200s, and now I'm at five. I'm at 571 is how many I've made. So, wow, yeah, shh, Nikes. Wait, yeah, you're totally right. I have made more on the daily schedule. And like I said, this is a testament to the consistency. It shows that you can quickly create an authority in the space just by being consistent. Like when we started doing this podcast, and this is for anyone who's hesitant about making a new piece of content or just starting content at all, we just got in front of the microphone and you were like, yeah, just hit record. And I was like, well, does it need to be a certain way? Like I'm very much a, a perfectionist or at least I used to be. And I've really worked it out, worked out of that mold. And you've been a big influence in that because I was just like, yeah, it's got to be perfect. I'm going to put it out there. It needs to be a certain way. And it's like, you're like, no, it doesn't. Just hit record right now. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. Well, we're starting. Uh, Welcome. And through, I don't know, we're probably, what, I can't remember. We're, we're, we're creeping up on 100 episodes together now, which yeah. is a lot of hours in front of 90. the 90. This microphone. is episode 90 together. Yeah. Yeah, it's 90 episodes together. That's at least 90 hours, but that's being conservative. Um if you consider the productive mm-hmm. version, the extended episodes that we're rolling ourselves into at the moment. Um, it's a lot of hours, but just being able to say, yeah, like. If you'd like to continue listening to this conversation, you'll need to subscribe at riseproductive.com membership or on your favorite podcast app. Once you do, you'll get full length access to these episodes of the Rise Productive podcast, as well as access to our subscriber only podcast and newsletter, The Weekly Pour Over.